Coming to you from San Mateo, California, this is Stories from the Sales Floor, the podcast that connects you with crushers of quotas, barons of the bottom line, and revenue-generating royalty. Here are your hosts, Ben Sardella, co-founder and CRO at Datanize, and Brandon Redlinger, head of growth at Persist IQ. Welcome to today's show. I'm Ben Sardella. No. That's what? not what it what? says. <laughs> to my left is Ben Sardella. That's right. You are not Ben Sardella. Brandon Redlinger, who's on my right. That... <laughs> Uh, we've we've got a great show today, Ben. Uh, it, it's all about those those offsites, those uh, you know conferences, those SKOs that are meant to really get you pumped up for the coming quarter, the coming year. For sure, and you know sometimes they're pretty memorable for one reason or another. Uh, whether it's an inspirational speech or just an awesome party. Uh, actually, one of my offsites. Uh, I just remembered we were talking before the podcast about any memorable offsites. So I had one. And I'm not going to mention the company. I'm not going to mention the individual. But what I can say is that um, worked. I one of my companies was acquired by a large organization, and one of the heads of that large organization was uh, at the after party the night before his uh, kickoff speech in the morning, which started very early. I think it started at like 8 a.m. or something, and. It was about 2 a.m. in the morning, and I see this guy down at the bar <laughs> just sort of owning the show, and then he heads back upstairs to his room, and uh, he had some people with him, so I knew he was going to continue the party on, and sure enough, next morning, it's it's 8 a.m., and this guy's up on stage and just kills it, and knowing that he was r- probably, oh, I don't know, 50, 60 plus years old, partying like a madman at night, and then up in the morning, totally professional, gave a great uh, opening kickoff speech. Uh, that was that was impressive for me. So that stuck out. It, you know, it's the uh, the old saying: if you're gonna hoot with the owls one night, you gotta soar with the eagles the next morning, right? I love that. Yeah, there you go. That's great. That's great. So yeah, we talked to our guests um, today, or I guess this this past week, about some of their most memorable offsites, and and we got some other great stories, and we got some valuable lessons along the way too from sales pros like Rob Jepson, Sally Doobie, Matt Hines, Greg Macbeth, Ray Carroll, and we also had Jordan Wan back on the show. Yeah, so let's dive right in. Our first guest is Rob Jepson. He's a former SVP and GM at HireVue Accelerate and has started xvoyant.com, which provides technology and services to help sales leaders remove the guesswork and create predictable, sustainable revenue through coaching. Yeah, and Rob's most memorable offsite got so out of hand, the cops were called. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a good one, right? But probably uh, not for the reasons you're thinking. So let's listen in. Well, my one here will probably won't be as good as some of the ones you get, but I do have the first is my my pseudo offsite. Having a fake offsite is just badass. You have to. Admit, yeah. I, mean, that's just, <laughs> I don't know. Every time I had go to an offsite, I think of the time that we we did a fake offsite just to win a deal. Yeah. And so that always is going to be up there. You know. Yeah. Here's one that's less like 
it is funny when you hear about it, but it's also like you got to be kidding me. So we had one um, again. We're we're at a mountain resort in Colorado, and um, we had people allowed to bring their spouses or significant others. And I mean, again, this is not necessarily the greatest story, but it, it actually happened and it freaked people out. A husband and wife ended up getting into a really big argument and ended up getting like throwing stuff around and breaking stuff in the room, and it led to a domestic domestic abuse, domestic violence, uh, report to the police. They had to come and they took, uh, one of our regional sales directors, uh, away in a police car in handcuffs because he was in a fight with his wife while he was on a sales retreat. And, and, you know, he was gone for the rest of our offsite because he was in, he was in jail. (laughs) And and so that's my craziest thing that if you talk about crazy things, otherwise our, our offsites have been generally, you know, funny, you know, sometimes people might drink too much, but nothing really crazy, unfortunately. Yeah. No, that, I, that's pretty crazy, though. <laughs> Never had that happen at our house. But we've had plenty of the, you know, too much to drink yeah. too early in the day, too, you know. Yes, yes. I've seen that one. But like I said, I don't know how unique that one is. I think that one kind of shows up at a lot of them. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> and up next, we have Sally Doobie, West Coast General Manager of The Bridge Group. And Sally's story is like a scene right out of the show Silicon Valley. Flo Rida even makes an appearance. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Peter Gregory would probably be pretty proud of this yeah. one. Sure. So I've had the pleasure, privilege of being at a lot of sales offsites over my career. But um, one that really stood out was um, I was at Skype and I was hired to build Skype's uh, first and only sales team that they had a few years ago. And shortly after I started, we were actually acquired by Microsoft, but we were still running as a separate business unit. And Microsoft has an annual sales kickoff. Um, and there's like 17,000, 18,000 Microsoft salespeople are there. They don't even take their entire sales team because it's like something like 50,000 people. So they alternate every year. And again, it's about 17,000 salespeople go. And it was in Atlanta um, in the middle of the summer. <laughs> so it was a little hot and sticky down there. But um, Microsoft allowed a few of us from Skype to join into the sales kickoff. And it was kind of interesting because I never really considered myself a Microsoft employee. I were aligned myself with Microsoft. The culture was so different from Skype and what I was used to at other, you know, Bay Area companies that I had been with. Um, and I wasn't sure really what to expect. But so we get down there and um, the first morning, the conference actually started at 7.30 a.m., which was really kind of different and unique starting so early. And um, so we walked into the arena where the Atlanta Hawks play um, at 7.30 in the morning, and there was this local three-piece band playing, and, you know, it was kind of nice, and everybody's filling in and got their coffees. And at 7.45 a.m., the stage opened up, and Flo Rida came out with all of his entourage singing, Club Can't Handle Me Now. And it was just such an, an amazing experience and something you're not expecting at 7.45 a.m. 
Um, but the place went totally nuts. Everybody was up singing and dancing. They um, dimmed the lights and people were taking out their cell phones. And so you see the lights all around with, you know, about 17, 18,000 people in the arena. It was pretty amazing. Um, played just the one song. And then Steve Ballmer came out and Steve was the CEO of Microsoft um, back, you know, five or six years ago when this happened. And he walks out from the audience and literally went all the way around the arena, high-fiving people and people standing ovation. They're screaming and cheering. And it was just like you were at, you know, any concert with a rock star. Um, it was pretty wild. He kicked off the event with such conviction and energy and attitude and got everybody just so excited and motivated. Um, and he gets so into it that he has a bottle of honey up on stage and he has to like just gulp down honey to keep his energy and adrenaline going throughout his, um, his little spiel. But he made believers out of all of us. The event was extremely well planned out. We had great sections, uh, sessions rather, with a bunch of different tracks that appealed to everyone there. It ended with another conference or concert, and Steve Ballmer came out and again ended the whole thing with about an hour and a half speech. Um, and it was one of the only sales kickoffs that I actually came out of it. What I was totally motivated. I became a total Microsoft um, believer, which is really strange. Very excited about the future um, and really impressed with Steve uh, Ballmer. And it just created so much energy and buzz that you know it was actually in the middle of, I think, our – trying to remember when our quarter – our first quarter – um, with Microsoft during the summer, which typically is summers are tough months for a lot of tech companies. And we just knocked it out of the park after that first quarter. Um, it was pretty amazing. That, that's great. I love that. Usually when you get that many uh, salespeople all together in one space, some rowdy stuff can happen. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like that was some good, clean fun. It was. And, you know, there was definitely some rowdy stuff, but not as bad as like what I've seen happen at um, Oracle or Ingress when I was there or um, even CA. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it was great. And next we catch up with Matt Hines of Hines Marketing. Yeah. And Matt's most memorable, memorable <laughs> offsite was a conference with a fellow entrepreneur where he learned an exercise that he still thinks about every day to this day. So here's Matt with something called the Genius Zone. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a handful of them. I guess, you know, one I'll point out is, uh, you know, I was, at a, I was at a conference with a group of entrepreneurs uh, that, that I'm, I'm a member of, this sort of entrepreneurial group called EO. And uh, we, were at a, we were at an offsite, and they had this entire afternoon-long exercise around finding your Genius Zone. And the whole point was saying, like, what's something that you love doing that you're better at than anyone else that is something that if you could spend more of your time doing that, you would be happy, you would be more successful? What is that one thing for you? And then consequently, what are the other things that you need to be doing to grow your business? What are the things you need to be doing to, to, to manage your own you know, uh, output? And how do you find other ways to get those done? You know, who else can do those? You know, what are some ways you can sort of delegate those? How do you redistribute kind of what, how that work gets done? 
Um, so that was, I think about that, that was exercise was like, we did that two years ago and I think about it every day. Like, you know what the output of that for me and what it meant for the things that I get most juiced up about the things that I love spending time on that, that, that really do have a direct impact on the business. Um, you know, I get, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about how do I invest more of my time and energy into those things and how do I continue to delegate the other things that I'm not as excited about or not as good at to people that are excited about it and are much, much better at it. Uh, and it's not just an entrepreneur thing. It's a, you know, everybody can be doing that exercise. You know, if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, if you're in finance, um, it's not just honing in on what you're best at and, and focusing on your strengths, but focusing on what you are going to be most excited about. Those are the things you're going to lean into more. Those are the things you're going to want to do. Those are the things that are going to make you excited to go to work in the morning and proud of yourself when you go home. It's not just going to impact your success in, in, the, in the job. It's going to impact your life. Um, and so I think that that, that that genius zone exercise was was phenomenal. I, if, I'd highly recommend people you know, checking out some of the literature around it. On, you can find it online very easily. Um, and even if you just do an off-site of one, right? I mean, take yourself to a coffee shop for an afternoon and just kind of walk through it. It's, it's worth it. Just waiting for that moment when I enter the genius zone of podcasting. I know, right? We're not in the genius zone yet? I don't, I don't think we're quite there. I mean, we love doing it, but we're, uh, I don't think we're that much better than anyone else yet. <laughs> not <laughs> so, yet. Right. I'm waiting for that moment too, Ben. Right. <laughs> so up next, we got Greg Macbeth. Greg making another appearance. So if you don't remember, he is uh, head of sales and customer success over at Crunchbase. And he spent some time at Cisco. And while there, he experienced his most memorable offsite. It was very good and yet uh, very bad at the same time. So here's Greg. Yeah. Um, so the first uh, first and only Cisco sales conference that I went to, um, they, had, uh, they had done that for years. And it was a pretty... Um, a pretty vaunted and respected conference within that space. You got a lot of the, all the executives from Cisco would come on. Um, and, and John Chambers, who was the CEO at the time, was sort of famous or slash infamous for um, doing some kind of weird, kooky things on stage that got people really excited. Uh, and so it was something that everyone looked forward to. We all loved it. And then the year that I joined uh, for uh, this, you know, the business was was declining or not growing as quickly as, as they had hoped. And so uh, they ended up cutting that and doing a remote version of it, and the remote version was was uh, just terrible. <laughs> um, it was there was buggy, it was slow. Uh, nobody really felt engaged. It just didn't sort of foster that excitement. Um, but I was able to be part of it for one year uh, before they went that route, and so um, you know that experience was amazing. We got to meet a lot of, of really talented salespeople from all across the country and, and learn kind of just from their experiences overall. Um, it was a great opportunity also to connect with people that, uh, you know, I hadn't seen in a while. So, so people that were part of the sales organization that I knew from, you know, either previous roles or from college or, or wherever, um, they were all kind of put in that one place. And so I think just in terms of fostering that closeness and that excitement and energy around being part of an organization like that, especially part of a very sales centric organization, uh, just could not be duplicated by, by trying that remote. Keeping the ball rolling. We've got. Amateur rap star and karaoke extraordinaire, Ray Carroll, VP of Sales from Engageo. Yeah, Ray just joined Engageo uh, just a few blocks down the, down the road here. Yeah, yep. 
So it's great to actually have him in the office and doing this live. Yeah, this is the first time we've interviewed a guest that was actually sitting right in front of us while we we were hitting them with questions. Yeah, so we we got a great story from him. Um, And he he just left Marketo, joined Engageo, and while he's been to some crazy-themed parties and exotic places over his career, he says the it's it's really more about the people than the locale so here is ray carroll you know i can't really come up with like the coolest offside with the best you know theme or whatever it is but what comes to mind it the best offsites are when you're truly in love in a sense with the people that you're with and so what i would reflect on is two two specifically one is actually our most recent offsite in Engageo, and actually my first day, which is last Friday. And that feeling when we exploded, we went from 15 people in the company to 21 in a day. That completely changed the company. And we all you know, were one team for the first time. And you, you get to know people on an individual basis. You learn that your engineer is a huge chat, Snapchat fan, right? Uh, and you get to know people as people you know, like when you're a thousand person company or 500 person company, there's just like all these people in a room and it's like the first time you've ever met. And it's, it, you know, it's, to me, it's not as fun. Like I'm really, I'm a one to a hundred million dollar guy. Like I've come to figure that out. But like, you know, I, even at Marketo, my first offsite with Marketo, we went to Meadowood and Nepa. And Bill Bench was the SVP of sales. And, you know, that, I remember that one. Like that one was really special. So to me, I would say it's, the early team, like when you all get together, like that's what makes, it's the people in the timing of the company that made it really special to me, as opposed to if it was in Vegas or if the theme was Dick Tracy or anything like that. It's really the people that made those kickoffs special. And I think I got to experience that really early at Marketo and really early at Engageo. And our final guest is Jordan Wan, founder and CEO over at Closer IQ. And Jordan's most memorable offsite was his very first one at Closer IQ, when they had absolutely zero money and just a handful of employees. He couldn't afford a space or conference room, so he just had to make do with what was available. The good old days, you know? Sounds like like when I was a kid and we used to roll up tinfoil and play ball with that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Things were never that harsh. <laughs> Sorry, mom. All right, <laughs> <laughs> here's Jordan. Most offsites have uh, have their fair share of you know ridiculous fun and ris- ridiculous stories about learning and bonding. Um, but the most memorable one for me was was the very first closer IQ offsite. Uh, at the time, it was just me, my co-founder Dan, and our first hire Jason. And um, you know, in, this, in the in the true spirit of being early stage, being bootstrapped, we we, we recognize the value and the importance of spending time outside of the office, but we obviously didn't have the budget to go and do something super fun. Um, so I had to think creatively about a venue, a space that we can kind of uh, sit down and have a good conversation for the whole day and do some planning. And we ended up just coming to the lobby of my apartment building in New York and just taking over the common space. Um, and just, we brought our own post and notes because there was no whiteboard or anything like that. And we would just start brainstorming. We'd have all these great conversations. We'd put, you know, post-it notes all over the walls and the windows of the common area. And I think you got a lot of people kind of waltzing in and out. And they're trying to figure out, like, 
what the hell are these guys doing? But it was super memorable because I think it really characterized and, and captured that startup mentality, that, that lean mentality and that, that ability to sort of just execute and, and be focused and relentlessly pursue that goal, even if you don't have a budget, even if you don't have all the tools ready, that you still did the best you could with what you had. And that's our show for today. You have been listening to uh, aspiring geniuses, Ben and Brandon, on the podcast, <laughs> Stories from the Sales Floor. You think we'll ever get there, Ben? We're trying. We're trying. We, uh, we'll need those reviews on iTunes if we get there. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's like right. That. Uh, plug. I love it. There I love go. it. <laughs> and another special thanks to our guests, Rob Judson, Sally Doobie, Matt Hines, Greg Macbeth, Ray Carroll, and Jordan Wan. Follow us on Twitter at SFTSF Podcast. And for more content and info on how to connect with our guests, head over to salesfloorstories.com. Also check out our services. Visit datanize.com to find the perfect prospects at the right time. And to be more effective at following up with those prospects, check out PersistIQ.com. I'm Brandon Redlinger. And I'm Ben Sardella. We'll see you next time on Stories from the Sales Floor. And don't forget, share my shit.